When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is in partnership with Gloss Genius. Made for salons and spas, Gloss Genius is the only business management and payments platform that makes it easy to grow revenue and enhance the client experience, which we are all about here on The Treatment Room. From a beautiful online booking site to powerful marketing tools and low payment processing rates, Gloss Genius empowers you to run your full salon or spa in a stylish and smart way while feeling supported at every step. For 50% off for two months, go to glossgenius.com slash signup and enter code TTRSPRING or check the show notes for details. Now let's get back to the show. Hello, welcome back to the Treatment Room Podcast. I am your host, Tessa Zolli. Thank you for being here. I hope you know I appreciate you. I know there's a lot of shows out there and it's really easy to pick another show, but thank you for being here. I see it as a way to improve yourself, develop your skills, further your education. So I just want to say I applaud you for taking a step to do that. And I'm just really glad you're here and I'm, I'm really grateful for you. Those of you who pass the show on to a friend or a classmate who share on social media, who leave a little five-star review, just know it doesn't go unnoticed. And I'm just so proud to be part of this community and to have you listening to me. It's kind of crazy. But anyway, I did an episode a couple weeks back and if you listen to that episode you know we did a workshop on client communication i talked about some ways we might be communicating with our clients that are super effective that are building trust that are creating a positive relationship between us and our clients. And then, you know, some habits we might be doing without even realizing it that could be taking away from that strong foundation that could be detracting from our trust. And if you haven't listened to that episode, I highly recommend you go back and give it a listen. We're going to go a step further today because I just think these conversations are important. They're the ones we don't get in school just because there's not time. There's not, you know, course material for, for this kind of stuff. But I think it's so important to good business and strengthening our client relationships. That's that's the overlooked aspect of this industry. We talk so much about skills and equipment and products, and we don't always talk about the communication, the relationship, that is what is going to help you build a successful business. I get this question a lot, which is how do I generate referrals? How do I get more clients? And my answer is it always starts with the relationship and creating an experience 
for your client. It doesn't matter if you have five followers or 50,000. If your clients are not leaving your treatment room or your program feeling like they got a benefit, they had a positive experience, they may not share your business. And that word of mouth is not to be underestimated. And think of how powerful social media is these days. When you have a really awesome experience with a provider or you went into a space or a business and you felt you felt a certain vibe, you felt they cared, you felt seen, you felt listened to, you felt encouraged. You walk away with a positive feeling that is so contagious you cannot help but share. And those are the kinds of recommendations that people trust. And that's what gets people interested in your business. That's what makes them think, oh, I'm going to follow her. I live in the area. I'm looking for somebody to do XYZ service. If I like and trust my friend and they are raving, I'm probably going to have a good experience too. So let's get into this conversation, which is about motivation. And why do you think motivation might be important for us as estheticians? And I have to say, I think motivation gets a little bit of a bad rap because it's not everything. It's not going to always be there. Say with a classic fitness example, you're not always going to be stoked to wake up at 6 a.m. and go work out or, or work out after work when you're tired. But for us, for what we do as skin professionals, I think motivation is really important. It is a certain type of spark that we can ignite in our clients And it's not just in the beginning. I think motivation is also important just all the way through the program. There's going to be highs and lows, peaks and valleys when working with someone, especially skin. It can be so responsive. It can be so closely linked to how we view ourselves. It can easily get emotional and it can easily take a turn. So I think it's so important to talk about how we can maintain a positive relationship through those peaks and valleys. Say when your acne client is getting on a retinol, they might have some purging. After their first facial, if their skin has never been extracted, they've never exfoliated, they're using who knows what at home. Let's be real. After that first facial, it's not always a easy experience to grow, to progress, to improve the skin. Sometimes things can get a little bit worse before they get better. Sometimes our clients lose motivation. They start to question, why did I invest in an esthetician? (laughs) It's so easy for that conversation to make a switch in somebody's head. And I do think it comes down to us as the professional to maintain that motivation, maintain that positive experience and ensure our clients trust us. They trust the process and they remain committed to themselves and their goals. So let's get into this conversation about motivation. I also just want to say 
I think we're living in sort of a non-reality on social media where we see these crazy before and afters all the time. Let, let's be real. As professionals, we're not posting our like mediocre success stories, the clients who had maybe good skin to begin with. And, you know, maybe we get it really good, but it just doesn't pop in a photo the way maybe a complete 180 with an acne clients would. We're, we're posting that story. We're posting the most dramatic ones. You know, even if somebody's come a long, long way, it doesn't always show in pictures. And maybe you have a client who has had trouble moving the needle forward. Maybe they haven't totally invested in their skincare. Maybe they just come in a handful of times a year. Maybe their nutrition or sleep or stress or just overall lifestyle. Maybe there's something going on that's triggering inflammation or a certain skin condition. Sometimes I think we can be hard on ourselves because we're not seeing like the big picture of other estheticians having that experience and it can feel like, okay, everybody is having a 100% success rate or like a 95% success rate. And that can feel isolating. I think if we're honest, we all have clients where we would love to get them to their goal, but there are certain factors that are inhibiting that. I've said this before, it's not always about just the product or the best facial ever. A lot of it has to do with the client's own motivation and their belief in our program and their belief that their goals are possible. So let's define motivation. Motivation has been defined as the brain processes that energize and direct behavior. Motivation as energy is subject to change. One day a client might wake up and feel ready to do the whole nine yards, ready to do the whole skincare routine you've outlined for them. And then they might have a day where it's been a stressful time at work. They are having certain cravings. They just want to lounge on the couch. Once they get comfortable, they start to lose sight of why it's important to do their routine at home. Or they're traveling. These circumstances come up where, you know, they're off their routine. They're exposed to new sleep patterns, new diet choices, and over time, it can be easy to lose sight of that goal. Motivation has a direct relationship with planning as well as the execution of plans. If clients have a strong motivational foundation, this is where they are more likely to follow through with their plans. Motivation is kind of a sum of a lot of things. It takes having a goal, seeing the vision and understanding how their goal is going to come into play, how it's going to actually happen. They need to look to the esthetician or the coach and admire them. They need to respect them. They need to feel supported. They need to feel it's a team environment. They need to feel like there's open communication. They have a mentor, somebody they can talk to, they can lean on when things get less than perfect. 
They need to see some results. They need to see that their products are performing, that their habits are paying off. All these things tied together is how we can have success. And the more successful our clients are, the more confident they will be, the more they will start to believe in their program and their products. Once they believe their products actually do what you say they're going to do, they're going to want to use them. Motivation can become more stable and healthy behavior can become more habitual. You want to think of a client's motivational foundation as the well from where they're going to draw this energy. So maybe you're thinking about a client who's constantly complaining. They seem to say they get off course a lot. They have a hard time believing that their goals are possible. Some wells are going to be able to hold more energy than others. Some people have a huge, massive, deep well to pull from, and it would take a lot to throw them off course. Somebody else might have a more shallow well where they don't have a whole lot of patience and maybe they've been through a lot with their skin. I think that's another thing we have to realize. Some of our clients feel like they're at the end of their rope and they've tried everything. They feel like they've been kind of burned in the past. They've wasted money. They have invested in things that didn't work. They followed advice that didn't work. And now that well isn't as deep as it once was. So there is a strategy. Thank goodness there is hope. There is a lot we can do to work with these clients. And I know how it can feel with certain people when they start to get in that negative feedback loop in their head. You almost start to feel like, shoot, I'm disappointing them. What even is the point? That is where we need to stop, pause, and always know that change is possible. And we are going to be the voice of change for the client. We cannot expect the client to know that change is possible. It's really up to us as the coach. There are a few characteristics that we can use when we are speaking with our clients, when we are trying to motivate them. And this is actually called motivational interviewing. It is a strategy you can use in your consultations to help build that rapport and have greater success with your clients. So a few key qualities that you want to keep in mind and try to express. Number one, you want the relationship to feel collaborative. It's funny because when I go see my dermatologist for Botox or laser or whatever concern I have, she always says this. She always says, let's collaborate. And she brings out the mirror and we look at my skin together and we talk together. Even though she's one of the best doctors in the Bay Area, she is collaborating with me. It's not a relationship where, I mean, it is a relationship where she knows more, but it doesn't, it doesn't feel like her say is all that matters. And I think that's important for your clients to feel like they have a say in their skin and that they are heard. 
Next is empathy. So we want to try to keep in mind an empathetic mindset. So that means kind of removing judgment from the equation and again, removing that hierarchy and trying to always see where our clients are coming from and expressing that we understand and we get it. This is where I think, you know, if you've had any experience with your skin where it hasn't been where you, you've wanted it to be, it doesn't have to be a crazy acne journey. I think that can be so helpful, but you know, it could be anything. All struggles are relative but keeping in mind, you know, how you felt in that moment and how you could apply that to what your client is saying and remembering how it felt to be in your skin and not feel 100% happy and not 100% excited to look in the mirror. The next characteristic is communicating with the client's goal in mind. So for example, your client's saying all these negative things, they're getting on that negative feedback loop instead of chiming in and saying, yeah, you're right. You know, this isn't going anywhere. I'm not seeing any progress. I'm not seeing any good markers. We want to revert back to the client's goal and assure the client there is always something we can do. There's always a positive step we can take to affect change. And now I will say, sometimes I see frustration with clients kind of coming out on social media, or, you know, it's easy to do a snarky reel about our clients who don't apply sunscreen or who don't see the value of making a lifestyle change who use St. Ives and don't invest in professional skincare. I'm just going to say, I don't think that is attractive to clients. Anyone can do what they want. There's no judgment from me, you know, but I think these are the types of videos and posts that maybe like estheticians relate to, but we also have to remember estheticians are likely not your ideal client. And sometimes we need to take a step back and think about how it would feel if you were in their shoes, if you wanted to make a personal change and the professional you were looking to as a role model was trivializing a certain struggle or just, you know, making fun in a sense of your inability to make those changes. I've been looking for a personal trainer. I've been looking around, shopping around, <laughs> looking at people's content. The thing that's so important to me, of course, I want to feel that they're well-educated and they know a lot, but I also pay attention to a vibe and how, how I could imagine this coach coaching me, communicating with me, motivating me. If I get a sense somebody is condescending or doesn't understand, you know, a certain struggle of somebody who's not super um, experienced with fitness, that is a, a turnoff to me. I want to feel like my coach is empathetic and that they they are rooting for me, not kind of turning the narrative 
um, against the client to make content. I think it's just something kind of to be aware of and to be careful of. So let's do this. Let's do a little exercise. Imagine that you were trying to make a personally relevant change, whatever that is for you. For me, it's building muscle. I'm in a place in my fitness journey where I've been lifting weights for two years. I'm kind of, I don't know if I'd say like a plateau, but I think I'm at the uh, the best place I can get myself. I'm really at a point where I need a more experienced trainer to help me with progressive overload. And you can think about whatever whatever that would be for you if you were ready to invest in your health and wellness, whether it be a therapist, a personal trainer, a Reiki guide. Let's see what else. An acne specialist. It could be any of these things. Imagine you've tried a few times on your own. You've made some progress, but you've kind of failed to maintain consistency. How would you like to be treated by a coach? Would you prefer the coach tell you what to do, tell you the perfect scenario, or would you like to have a coach who's going to help you resolve your own personal barriers through empathetic listening? If you came up short in this new endeavor, say, you were having a day where you didn't want to go to therapy or you didn't want to go to the gym. Would you want your coach to perceive you as lazy and, you know, like less than, or would you want a coach who knows you're trying your best? I would personally want a coach who trusts, I made the investment, I'm doing my best, and there are going to be days that are just not my 100%. I'm not going to be my best every single day. And I think it's important we realize that and understand that. I think skincare has been so ingrained in a lot of us now. We do our routine morning and night without fail. We always wash our face. We always put on our sunscreen. We use our retinol consistently. But our clients are not that. They may not be there. They are still learning, and that's why they are coming to us for help and for support. So we want to make sure we don't um, use, like, put-down language or, you know, use any of their struggles (laughs) against them or just cause somebody to feel uh, judged, basically. So when engaging in client coaching, we want to keep the emphasis on the client. It's not an emphasis on us and all we know about skincare. We might know you need certain steps in your routine, but we want to put the focus on the client and we want to meet them where they are at. We always want to provide empathetic listening. I want to hear why you weren't able to do your routine. What were the barriers that prevented you from doing your routine? I have a client who just got married. She was staying at a relative's. She had a really hard time getting to her routine because there were boxes in the way. She didn't have her own bathroom. It was difficult to get access to the bathroom and it was difficult to do her routine. So there were days it didn't happen. And I know she 
struggled to come to me and tell me, look, I haven't been doing it. I know we made a plan, but I haven't been doing it. Um, I would so much rather be the client who somebody feels comfortable to come to and share that with versus the coach who preaches about what is perfect behavior where a client isn't open, isn't honest, doesn't share what's really going on. And the next time we meet, I'm confused because, you know, something isn't adding up. Some, you know, the skin isn't where I would like to see it. So I think just remembering that and kind of putting on our client shoes sometimes. And even if it's a struggle you can't relate to, like me, I, I would never fall asleep without washing my face. I just couldn't do it. I couldn't sleep. But I know there are many people out there where that's a very real thing. Depression is real. There are lots of barriers that can get in our client's way. We are going to be more successful long-term if we can help them identify those barriers. If I can sit down with you and we can collaborate together and I can say, huh, it looks like if you had access to a bathroom, if it was easy to get to your skincare, it sounds like you would want to use it. And the client will say, yes, I would. I really like my products. I enjoy the steps. It's not too overwhelming. It's it's very doable for me. But right now there are certain circumstances that are preventing me from doing what I need to do. And from there, it's not a matter of saying, oh yeah, you know, that makes sense. Let's blow it off until the situation is more ideal. It is about creating the positive environment so that we can then come together and find solutions, find what's going to be realistic. Above all, we never want to presume that the client is doing anything other than trying their best. This is called unconditional positive regard. This is a real thing, guys, that real coaches use motivational interviewing is a, a, a real strategy and unconditional positive regard is not being naive. It's not never encouraging our clients to <laughs> step it up when necessary, but it's supporting a client regardless of what they say or do. It is the belief that the client is trying their best despite perceived destructive behaviors. Again, I think it could go back to social media and, you know, this negative talk about clients, which it's very easy to get sucked into, but I will say you're going to have a stronger, better business promoting a understanding, empathetic, non-judgmental relationship with your clients. Again, it's so easy to make it a meme make it a real, use a snarky trending audio, but I think it takes away from people wanting to work with you, from people feeling like they can be honest with you and knowing that you're going to support them and have unconditional understanding for whatever challenge they may be facing. I want to talk about ambivalent clients next. I think it's so easy to put these clients in a box and say, they're not our ideal client. They're not ready. They're not willing to invest. 
I used to feel this way as well. But again, I'm going to be honest. If I expected every single client to have the same standards for their skincare habits as I do, I wouldn't have any clients. I don't necessarily think it's appropriate for a coach to turn somebody away because they're not where we're at. They're not the professional. And ambivalence is a normal part of the change process. So what is ambivalence? Ambivalence is this disconnect, almost like a mismatch between the client goals and what their regular habits are, their desirable behaviors. So for example, you have a client who really wants to treat their hyperpigmentation and their melasma. It's their number one thing that bothers them about their skin. But they say, I just really love my long, hot baths. I like laying out. Tanning makes me happy. I spend all my weekends at the beach and I love using hot temperature water. I don't think I can change those things. They make me happy. So as the coach, it is our job to help the client move past ambivalence. Let's use an acne example. You might have a client who says, I want clear skin. I'm here to get clear skin. I'm tired of seeing Hailey Bieber on my page with her perfect skin. That's what I want. But I love my junk food. I eat, you know, mostly pretty standard American diet. I I love fast food. That's my kind of go-to when I don't have energy to make a meal. And I like partying. I'm in a stage in my life where I want to have fun on the weekends and I like getting drunk. (laughs) I love getting pizza at the end of the night. And that's kind of my, you know, normal weekend routine. I don't have too much energy left over after the weekend to take care of myself, to work out. I've never really had a skincare routine. It seems kind of like a waste of time. And, you know, those products are so expensive. I just, you know, I spend all my money at the clubs and (laughs) on Ubers and, and Uber Eats and yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't know if it's really even possible to change my skin. I mean, I've always had acne. I've seen all the dermatologists. I've, I've gotten facials before and nothing's ever really changed. So I, I don't know. I just, maybe where I'm at is the best it's going to get. Okay, so as the esthetician, as the coach, it is our job to help the client move through ambivalence. When a client is working through ambivalence, we want to listen for something called change talk. Change talk expresses what the client wants or does not want. There's also a reason why the client wants this. The why is so important also something we do not really talk about in aesthetics. And 
for example, with me, I do consultations. That's my main business, but every esthetician is doing some form of a consultation before their facial, and at least <laughs> you should be. You want to write down on that first appointment, you definitely want to know what that client's main concern is, acne, hyperpigmentation, fine lines and wrinkles. And then I think a really smart idea is to ask the client, why is that so important? Why, why do you want clear skin? Tell me what that means to you. They might say something to the effect of, I'm tired of waking up and not liking what I see in the mirror. I wish I could make eye contact when I'm at the grocery store, when I'm going on dates, when I am in class, when I'm raising my hand, when I'm talking to my own parents. I don't want to feel ashamed and feel like I have to look away. I want to wake up and feel smoother skin. I want to like what I see. I want to feel good about my myself and I want to have that confidence. That is so important and that is kind of like positive leverage you can use throughout the course of the relationship. When things start to get negative, when the client expresses ambivalence, you want to bring it back to their why. The client's why is rooted in their values and their goals. Change talk occurs when there is a discrepancy between the client's values or goals and their actual behavior. So we touched on motivational interviewing, but I want to define it. Motivational interviewing involves assisting our clients to define their current self and their ideal self. This helps to pursue movement from their current self toward the ideal. It basically shrinks that gap that your client might kind of feel or sense. They might feel like there's this huge gap between where I am and where I want to be. A really powerful exercise is to have your client close their eyes. If you're in a treatment, giving a facial, they can do this, you know, at the start of the treatment. You can ask them, you know, close your eyes and tell me about where you currently are with your skin. Now I want you to Envision your best skin possible. And then let's talk about some of the habits you think a person who has that skin, what would their daily habits be? Maybe they say something like, they really take their time cleansing. They commit to their morning and nighttime routine. They use their cold roller. They change their pillowcases and towels out regularly. They consider their hair care and their makeup. They make positive changes with their nutrition and with their stress. They Maybe they um, meditate. Maybe they go on walks. Maybe they have a therapist and they have somebody to talk to about their feelings. Maybe if, if there's a real medical concern going on that's kind of been the, in the back of the client's mind, maybe this conversation sparks them to say, you know, I finally invest in a holistic nutritionist. I finally go get my hormone panels checked. 
I finally start to get some answers to my PCOS. When a client starts to understand that their behavior is within their control, it's not an esthetician yelling at them because they didn't do their routine. It's not a personal trainer getting upset at you because you had some fast food over the weekend. When they start to realize they are autonomous, they are totally in control of their habits. It's all their choice. It allows them to believe in the process and to know they might slip up from time to time, but they can still meet their goal. I don't think it's helpful to harp on slip-ups. I really try to encourage my clients to know that there's no wagon, even if you feel like you went traveling or, you know, you've been moving, it's been stressful, you haven't done your routine, you had a baby, getting off your routine, getting out of the habit, or, you know, maybe you went to Italy and you mostly ate pizza and pasta. Is it helpful to harp on that past behavior? Or can you create a stronger bond by allowing the client to understand a slip-up is just a slip-up and it has no bearing on your behavior moving forward? It doesn't mean we have to stay stuck. doesn't mean you have to punish yourself. It is about just accepting, you know, I went on vacation. I had a big life transition. I had a baby. I didn't complete my routine the way I used to. Your golden client does not have to be a perfect client. And I think as the professional, we need to expect setbacks. And we cannot and should not, you know, create a negative environment when these setbacks happen, they are part of life. And the sooner we kind of expect them and prepare for them and encourage positive ways to reignite that motivation, I think the better off the client and the better off the esthetician. I want to be clear. It's not about like encouraging average results or never pushing our clients. I'm just saying it's about creating an open, honest, trusting relationship that is going to be a long-term relationship. So sometimes our clients can be a little short-sighted and they might have inefficient habits and behaviors. It is still up to us as the professional to help our clients address this. So for example, we might have a client who, again, wants to go get drinks and pizza every weekend with their friends. These social bonds are built around behaviors that are just not aligned with the client's goals. The client's behavior is fulfilling one need, you know, wanting to have comfort food, wanting to have a good time, wanting to socialize at the expense of the goal, which might be their skin. If I'm in an acne boot camp with somebody, I'm going to be honest. That's just not an ideal behavior that is going to allow us to get the best possible results. 
So the client's value to be social is not negative, but how the client is achieving the value is not going to be the best for their skin. A really good esthetician or coach can help the client find ways to still fulfill their need of socializing, of relaxing, of enjoying food without it coming at the expense of their skin and their goals. So find the client values that are related to their goal. Find out why do they feel they enjoy drinking and having pizza and all these things. Maybe there is a solution you can find together that would be more beneficial and help them to support their skin while not allowing them to feel deprived and restricted. I am all about the alternatives. I am all about exploring different options with my clients and kind of making it fun. You know, maybe we explore some sparkling beverages, some probiotic sodas, even some adaptogen drinks, something like that. Maybe we find a really tasty dairy-free cheese pizza that the client can enjoy with their friends. Maybe they can just bring it with them to a friend's house, pop it in the oven. They still get that experience of being with their friends and having pizza and a drink or a cocktail, but you know, it's not affecting their hormones. It's not affecting their microbiome and it's still meeting that uh, need for their values of, of socializing and being with friends while not taking away from the goal. You want to find out what values negative behaviors fulfill for your client and help the client find alternative ways to achieve their goals in goal congruent ways. This is going to be so different for everyone. If you're really focused on the lifestyle aspect of your treatments, if you're focused on holistic care, this just has to be part of the equation because for most clients, it is just not enough to give them a list of acne trigger foods and expect them to take it and run with it and put it into action. There might be clients who do that and that's awesome, but for the most part, people are struggling to change and that's why they're willing to invest in a coach. There are five strategies of motivational interviewing, and I want to share what those are. They're so important. Number one, again, expressing empathy through reflective listening. You're really actively listening to what the client is saying, maybe even repeating it back. This really allows somebody to feel heard and feel like, wow, they... I mean, how many people do that these days? Like they took the time to kind of rephrase what I said so we could make sure we are aligned. Step two is identifying discrepancies. This means helping a client to see a difference in how they're behaving now and how they would like to perceive themselves. So take a client who, again, is not investing in the routine. They're not switching their towels and pillowcases. They use a certain makeup every day that's clogging their skin. They eat whatever is most convenient, and they don't invest in their nutrition and general 
wellness. They don't take the time to meditate. They kind of ruminate on thoughts, get super stressed out and just go from task to task to task. In the client's head, this they might just be thinking, this is normal behavior. This is what a person does. This is life in America. It's busy. It's stressful. You eat what's convenient. If the coach can allow the client to maybe imagine imagine their future, think about, hmm, if I continue with all these behaviors I've already been doing, do I think my skin is really going to change if I keep using the same products I've been using that have never done anything for me? Where am I going to be in five years if I'm laying out at the beach every single day, not wearing sunscreen, but wanting to decrease hyperpigmentation and wanting to target my acne scars, am I engaging in the behavior that it requires to get to the goal where I want to be? Or if I could imagine myself implementing all the advice you gave me today, if I go home and I try to focus on rest, I use the treatment plan exactly as you outlined. I'm managing my acne with exfoliation, with anti-inflammatories, with hydrators. If I'm using my sunscreen regularly, if I'm making a conscious effort to purchase whole foods and create meals that include all the macros that are balanced, if I'm getting the hours of sleep I require each night, how could I imagine this benefiting myself in the future? You know, maybe they start to get really excited about those behaviors and what their actual real outcome could be if they tried it important to identify discrepancies because the gap between the client's ideal self or ideal skin and their current reality can be very demotivating. I see this all the time with acne clients who do not think there is any hope for their skin. They think they're going to be stuck forever with the skin condition. So they think, why even try? I'm never going to have Hailey Bieber skin. I might as well just stay comfortable where I'm at and continue with what I'm doing because it's never going to change. You might have to be real with the client. You might have to tell them, you know, Hailey Bieber invests in the top of the line skincare. She's probably got great genetics. She's got access to the best medical professionals, nutritionists, lasers, dermatologists, estheticians, regular facials. So let's reduce this gap. Maybe we're not aiming for Hailey Bieber skin, but what is your ideal version of you? How does your skin look like? And they will probably say something more realistic, like, you know, I understand there's no cure for acne. I just really like to wake up and not have it be a whole situation every day. I'd like to feel like it's more in control. Once the client has the feeling that there's not this huge gap between where they are and where they want to be, that is what is going to spark motivation. The third thing we can do to be successful 
motivators, coaches, estheticians is support our clients' own self-efficacy. Self-efficacy is a little bit like self-confidence. If you were to really define what is self-confidence, it's self-efficacy. And that is somebody's belief in themselves that they can successfully execute the behaviors required to produce a certain outcome. A person's perception of their self-efficacy in relation to the challenge of the behavior tells the client whether the pursuit of a goal is attainable or out of reach. We always want to instill in our clients that their goals are within reach and we want to encourage reasonable goals so they feel within reach. I don't want to promise you the moon and stars. I want to slowly over time build your confidence, build your self-efficacy by getting you to reasonable goals. Another reason why a consultation with me isn't the be-all end-all, we're not going to have a consultation and never meet again because it just wouldn't make sense. I can't just give you this information and a million products and trust that you're going to know how to implement all of that in a routine and that you're just going to change overnight. This is a process of working together. Another example of supporting self-efficacy would be providing reasonable lifestyle goals and habits. So if somebody's never done a skincare routine, another reason why I'm not going to give them a 20-step routine and just expect all is going to go well. I'm going to work them up to three or four products a day, maybe even two to start and see if we can get there and then slowly add more in because that builds self-efficacy. It builds self-confidence. Another example, if a client doesn't eat a balanced diet if they mostly are eating out for certain meals and they're mainly just choosing meals based on what's convenient and what tastes good. I'm not going to give them a lecture that the optimal diet for them is going to be six to eight servings of fruits and veggies a day. It might be true, but it's not going to support the client's self-efficacy. It's so much stronger if we can work up to eating vegetables one time a day, maybe in a smoothie, maybe a salad, maybe some carrots and hummus and celery. From there, we can build as the client's confidence grows. And they know it's easy for me to eat one serving of veggies a day. Give me two, give me three, give me one serving of veggies per meal. Maybe then they're ready for two per meal. It's also so important when it comes to building self-efficacy that we really affirm the client. Do not underestimate the power of a compliment and something encouraging. Telling your client when you see them at their next appointment, I can tell you're doing a really good job with cleaning your skin at home. I can see that size of the follicle is refined. I can tell you're taking your time, really massaging the skin. I can tell you've been using your active ingredients. I can tell you've been wearing your sunscreen. You did an amazing job making the time to do your food prep this week, this month. It looks like you really prioritized it. 
it looks like, you know, you've really been making an effort to use your cold roller daily. I can see the progress we've made just from swapping out these products or swapping certain vitamins, swapping a certain old habit like smoking or indulging in dairy or dessert at every single meal. Um, Using these compliments as a way to maintain motivation is a really good idea. It feels so good. Think about when you go in for your yearly dental checkup and your dentist tells you something positive you did. It makes you so much more receptive to the negative feedback that, by the way, they always have. When I go to the dentist and it's just discouraging, 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 you haven't been flossing, you're not brushing the back teeth, you haven't been wearing your Invisalign, why are you drinking so much coffee? It shows, okay, I just leave in a horrible mood. I don't want to book my next appointment. And that's how we lose motivation. Even though everything the dentist said is probably true, it's probably for my best interest. As the client, if you're only hearing negative feedback, you feel negative. And this doesn't mean we're just handing out compliments willy-nilly. It's really important the compliments are authentic and they feel genuine. I think people notice that. But giving a compliment also makes space for addressing things that need to be addressed. You said that digestion and hormone health are really important to you and you wanted to improve those. You've been doing such a good job with all your meal preparation at home, getting good rest. Where do you think would be a good next step for us to go with this? Giving people space to respond and feeling like they have autonomy, they have control of their behaviors is so much more helpful than just spewing at them a list of things they need to do and things they haven't been good at. And trust me, it's so tempting to just say, let's eliminate this and that. Let's create the perfect lifestyle, the perfect meal plan. That stuff is so (laughs) fun to me, but it's probably not realistic to somebody else who doesn't live, sleep, and breathe health and wellness. Clients who have failed at their goals in the past are probably experiencing low self-efficacy. I hear this all the time from clients who just don't feel like clear skin is possible for them. They're so discouraged. They feel so beaten down. And with more and more failures, more time that goes on with the breakouts, They start to expect future failures and that starts to become their normal. That's where it's really up to us as the coach to reframe and think of some ways we can slowly build the client motivation and look for those gaps. And we want to bear in mind, all of our clients can be different. I've had acne clients who don't necessarily live a healthy lifestyle. They live a more standard American lifestyle. And then I've had acne clients who are like me. They love health and wellness. They do everything right by the textbook. They do all the things. They invest in all the products. 
And maybe where I can motivate them is something else. Maybe it's motivating them to finally see a specialist, to finally take charge of their hormone health, their PCOS, their Hashimoto's, their nutrition. It can be so different for everyone. So kind of just being aware of the big picture and being a shoulder for somebody to lean on for support and also encouraging the client to seek additional answers is so, so important. It can be life-changing. It can be that one thing. I know how it feels for a client to feel like they've done everything, but maybe there is that one piece of the puzzle they haven't looked at yet. Sometimes when you're both like at the bottom of the barrel, you're both starting to feel... I don't want to say frustrated. Maybe the client's frustrated and you're starting to feel like you're running out of answers. Sometimes it's just that one further exploration that can really be a difference maker. Lastly, avoiding arguments and adjusting to client resistance. Okay, I think avoiding arguments seems obvious. It does happen for sure in the industry, but I think what's more common is this subtle, awkward tension, this client resistance. Maybe the esthetician has an ideal or a vision in mind for the client that to us is just like, oh, problem solved. You want to adjust, you want to treat your blackhead congestion, series of hydrofacial treatments. You want to treat fine lines and wrinkles. You're, you're going to love this $300 anti-age serum. An acne client shouldn't be consuming dairy because you've seen all the evidence, all the cases, you've seen so many clients stand in their own way, consuming dairy and not get to their ideal goal. But is the client ready to make a change? Are they keen to try it? That's really what matters. Even if you know best, you know you have the solution, we just can't enforce it on somebody who is not ready, who's not there, and you won't have success trying to enforce your belief on somebody else. We cannot succeed in arguing with a client. There's no winning. (laughs) I have learned this the hard way. I do have strong beliefs about certain treatments, nutrition, certain lifestyle triggers, but I really have to meet the client where they are at. For example, if a client tells me going dairy-free feels too restrictive, they're not willing to go there, they've had a disordered eating past, or they just they are not ready to give up dairy. Maybe it's not even strongly opposed, but they're hesitant and they don't want to. They love the protein. They love having Greek yogurt as a breakfast, we have to be receptive to where the client is at. And instead of creating resistance, focus on change talk. Overall, the theme here is keeping the conversation positive. There's no reason the conversation should get negative. We are in control as the coach, as the esthetician. It is up to us to set the tone, and create a positive environment. 
a really great strategy to diffuse tension and resistance is to reflect and say something like, I'm sensing you feel this. I'm hearing that you really value dairy in your life. You feel it's important to your nutrition and to your fitness goals. Even asking open-ended questions. What would you think about a coconut yogurt that has a really similar texture and consistency? Would you be open to that? Would you be open to trying that with perhaps a vegan protein powder and some hemp seeds to reach your protein goals? See what the client says, but overall, do not push it and don't feel like you have to reach a certain goal in one meeting if the client is not there. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I know it's not your typical SD content, but I'm not your typical esthetician. I love talking about ingredients and brands and modalities, but I really think communication is at the heart of what we do. It's so important to our client relationships. And these are tools I was not born with. I had to seek them out. I had to work on them and implement them. And I hope to pass on some of that success and those learnings to you to hopefully help you be a better provider, a more empathetic esthetician, and somebody your clients feel they can trust and be open with and that they feel supports them in their own unique skin journey. If you have an idea for a future episode topic, you can always leave a comment on any Instagram posts. I do also post weekly question boxes and question boxes where you can submit a podcast episode idea. So be sure to follow along at my SD Tessa on Instagram and TikTok. Also on YouTube, Tess Zolly. Thank you so much for listening. I love that you are here and I will talk to you next week.